1: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only 3 dollars per month.
2: Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game!
1: Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used
2: with permission. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate rolling on. Until seven o'clock p.m. today, joined right now by Ryan Horvat. Ryan Horvat is the host on uh, BetQL. He hosts BetMGM tonight. Does a fantastic job. Listen to him every single night on my way home. Ryan also hosts the tailgate to kickoff. Uh, show and you can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvat. Ryan always do appreciate the time my friend and there's been a question I've been sitting on thinking about you all week long Ryan. Um, you told us last time that night over day doesn't really move the needle it's it's like a fan conjuring that 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 actually matters. but I do think that the bye week matters. Florida has three straight games against opponents coming off a bye week, including this one at South Carolina. Does a bye week, in your best estimation, Ryan, is that does that make two points difference on the field of play? Three points difference? What would you say?
1: Yeah, like this is like where I like to try to take advantage of the market because sometimes, you know, that'll factor in a little bit, but you know, sometimes they don't add it into the number and so I always like a team coming off the buy, especially against a team like Florida. And this was the issue that I had with Florida coming into the season, right? Because I was going back and forth what I wanted to do with that win total because five and a half seemed a little short, but the issue was, man, that schedule. They play, in my opinion, the toughest schedule in the country. But And you just said it right there. Three teams coming off their bye. Yeah, like playing the early game stinks for a lot of teams, especially for teams that aren't used to it, West Coast teams, because you have to wake up early. But, man, like coming off of a bye, that's what you never want to see, especially three times in a row. And with South Carolina, and I do kind of like them in this game, my only issue with them this season has obviously been the offensive line. They really have struggled to really get a strong run game going. But Spencer Rattler, for the most part, this season has been really good, so much that I see a lot of people have him rated quarterback number three right now, uh, coming out right behind Caleb Williams and Drake May. But by that's usually a spot that I like. You know, like in the NFL, I always like the team that's facing the team that's coming back from London, which we'll get this week. I'm fading the Jacksonville Jags because they've been there for like the last two weeks. But, yeah, I think Florida's in a really bad spot again this week, guys.
2: Ugh. Ryan, you're killing me. It's a it's a huge it's a huge game this week. <laughs> I am a I am a grad, um, and uh, like what what are the other key factors in that game as you see them?
1: Yeah, see, and I think it all comes down to can Florida run the ball, and if they're able to run the ball, I hate when people have this like bring up this narrative that you need to run the ball to open up the play action passing game. I don't think that that's the truth. I think what it comes down to in this game against South Carolina for Florida is they're going to have to be able to sustain drives. You're going to have to be able to eat clock, keep Spencer Rattler on the sideline, and so you're going to have to do it with your run game. You know, you're know, you going to have to use all of your backs. You're going to have to average four or five yards per carry because Graham Mertz has to play a clean game, and he's going to have to hit you with the play-action passes, and he's obviously, like most quarterbacks, uh, much better when you keep him clean rather than when he's under pressure. You know, I've seen a lot of Graham Mertz, Seen a lot of Florida's quarterbacks actually, but you know, especially Graham Mertz, just because he was with the Badgers, um, and I covered him for a couple years. So that's what it comes down to, I think. You know, you got to be really good on early downs. I people always bring up late downs. This team's really bad on third down. I'm more concerned with what teams are doing on early downs, right? Like if you're doing if you're doing good things on early downs, then you're setting yourself up for third and three, third and two, rather than these third and seven, third and eight situations. And you never want to see Graham Mertz or, uh, you know, anybody else that might be coming into this game, dropping back on third and eight against that South Carolina front.
3: Ryan, the Phillies absolutely hammered the Braves in game three, uh, especially with uh, with Bryce Harper, you know, going yard on Bryce Elder multiple times. And Mark pulled a stat, which, was, which blew me away. Bryce Harper had gone 50-50 for, for uh, attempts against Bryce Elder with home runs in his mm-hmm. career how can how can your model or does it even at all and how does it factor in for you the historical data saying that Bryce Harper hits a home run off of this guy 50% of the time when it comes to betting
1: yeah yeah see and i i like that there's also like a lot of really good accounts that you could follow especially with baseball um i think it's like ballpark ai i'd have to get back to it but uh, you know, they like look at statistical things like that, you know, going against certain pitchers, obviously, because you can look at matchups. I mean, you could just pull things up off of ESPN, obviously, or uh wire wherever you're looking and look at career matchups against different opposing pitchers. But I've been talking about this with Bryce because we played some Phillies World Series features just because, I mean, the Braves seem like the for sure team because of what they had in that lineup, the pitching, the bullpen. But then we saw a lot of injuries to their arms late in the season took a shot with the Phillies because we saw him do it last year. I talked about this last night, though. It's it's so crazy, you know, to see what the Phillies are doing or what Bryce is doing because he's done it now for two straight years. And you always talk about, like, is the clutch gene a real thing? I don't know, man. Bryce Harper is about as clutch as it gets in the postseason. I really like the home run props. It's gotten so bad, though, or not so bad, but, you know, he's he's so reliable that the price went from, like, Plus 800 for him to homer, down to plus 200 in some shops, plus 400 in some shops. Pretty soon you're not even going to get good prices. And then my only concern with betting those prices or betting the home run props, how many times is he going to get pitched to moving forward? You know, like we're going to see a lot of intentional walks. I think he's going to get the bounce treatment here soon.
2: We have got Ryan Horvat joining us here on the show. Ryan, what do you make of the results that we're seeing in Major League Baseball? I mean, it just seems like you throw a bunch of teams in a blender and see what it spits out. We've already known that baseball is a sport that produces the greatest number of upsets by the very nature of the sport itself and the variation. But now you're factoring in Atlanta not having played meaningful baseball in months, five-day layoff, Like, what's the biggest reason for this? No one can dispute Philly plays better, but the why there is really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so this is why baseball is a fun sport to bet, because let's be honest, like, in the NBA, it's been a little bit different, like, the last couple years. You know, we've seen Milwaukee win it and Denver win it, but, like, the last 20 years and historically, like, in the 90s, you could just bet the Bulls every single year and you'd win six times, you know, or the Rockets twice. But now... You know, there's not a whole lot of parity in sports. Football, you get good prices, you know, because you see a team like the Bengals can make a run to the Super Bowl every once in a while. But in baseball, we've seen this a lot. We saw the Kansas City Royals a couple of years ago. Even the Chicago Cubs in 2016, I got a 50-to-1 price before the season. Um, you know, we saw the Atlanta Braves do it. We saw the Washington Nationals. They were in third place, I believe, you know, almost dead last in the division after the all-star break. And then they went on a run. What I like to do in baseball is you look at a team like the Dodgers every season. And then the Braves this season who, you know, they won hundred plus games, but there was also, they went on a couple slumps. You know what I mean? Like I was looking at teams that were consistent throughout the season. And the only reason the Phillies weren't consistent throughout the season is they had injuries to start the year. Bryce Harper wasn't available to start the year because he was coming off a of Tommy John surgery You had the big off-season pickup of Trey Turner. He did nothing the first three months of the season. He was so bad he had to take out a billboard, apologizing to the people of Philadelphia. Now he's a postseason hero. You know, Kyle Schwarber, he hits like 170, but it's either a home run or a strikeout. But they just got hot at the right time, man, and they had the pitching. I like to look at teams who... Yeah, like on paper, the Dodgers and the Braves are the best teams, but they had injuries to their arms. And also you look at guys that you just don't trust in the postseason. I know people don't believe in clutch gene, and you can't really take it into account as far as models and numbers. But I can tell you that, like, we just talked about it. Bryce Harper always always produces in a big spot. Clayton Kershaw, I love him. He's one of my favorite pitchers in Major League Baseball history. Other than the, the pandemic year, he always fails you. And the, yes. He always fails you, you know? So that's what I like to look at, man. And I thought the Phillies were the perfect bet just because we saw them do it last year, and they just seem like that team that's never out of a game. That's the other thing I love to do with the Phillies. If they go down 3-1, to one, you could live bet them, plus 400, plus 500. They're just never out of games because of what they have in that lineup, 1-9. through nine.
2: Do you believe, Ryan, that uh, MLB should look at making any changes to this format with the five days off and three out of the four teams with the best records already being eliminated?
1: It's funny because, like, a lot of my buddies that are Brewers fans, I covered the team for a couple of years, they're all arguing about the format. They hate the format so much that, like, a couple of them were cheering for the Dodgers. They didn't want the Diamondbacks to win. It didn't make much sense. I get it. Like, that's what sucks and what I love about baseball, though. You know, it's 162 games, and your season could be over just like that. You could be the Atlanta Braves. It looks like you're going to win a World Series. You have one bad week, and you're done. But there's really no difference, man. It's I, I don't really care about the days off, that type of format. The only thing that I wish that they would change, I think the ALDS and the NLDS should be best of seven. That's the only thing. I, I would rather see the same format as the NLCS just because, when you get that far and you have the four best teams, give me a best of seven series. I would like to see, you know, Braves Phillies one more time tonight, especially because most of my buddies are Braves fans. I think most of the guys that you guys have on the show are Braves fans too. So I feel for guys like Josh.
3: Ryan, is there a category of bets that the market typically loves that you have completely sworn off or or, or are swearing away off right now? Like a category of bets you just stay away from right now?
1: Yeah, there are a couple things. You know, like, I don't like. So, for example, everybody's going to bet the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to continue to bet the Philadelphia Eagles. And I completely get it because both those are the two best teams in the NFC. But I'm actually getting ready here in the next couple weeks, maybe, to fade these teams. This was going to be my perfect timing, but this is a bad week because all week I had this spot circled. It was going to be the Cleveland Browns against the San Francisco 49ers with a five and a half point spread. Now that spread's eight and a half, nine. Now the only way that I'll bet the Browns, guys, is at plus ten. But I originally had this one squared up all season long where I was going to have a big bet on the Browns at five and a half just because of what they added on the defensive side of the ball. I think they have one of the better defensive coordinators in Jim Schwartz. I thought that was a really good hire. And they could stop the run. The pass defense is much improved. But I can't do it now because Deshaun Watson's most likely not going to play. I'm a big DTR fan, but he's not ready for the league. So now it's going to be PJ and I don't know that I want to invest my money in him against the San Francisco 49ers, but I'm going to look for some opportunities. Not that they're going to lose a whole lot of games, but pretty soon they're going to be priced as 10, 10 and a half point favorites. Same thing with Philadelphia. And I'm seeing some underlying things with Philadelphia. Philadelphia is really struggling when you do force them into third downs to pick up first downs. You know, they do still have some issues on the defensive side of the ball. they got a bunch of young guys. They're performing right now, but I want to see what happens when they step up in class here in the next couple weeks. They did almost lose to the commanders. So the one trend or the one thing that the you know market's going to probably uh, adjust to that I'll probably try to take advantage is these big favorites here soon, especially San Francisco and Philadelphia.
2: Ryan, um, Diesel and I have suffered the utter humiliation of being at the bottom of our own contest, okay? This is brutal, okay? Never in our wildest imaginations could, did, could did, did we even consider this as a possibility, and it's with upset picks, right? Now, you know, we understand because of binomial probability, right, that even though there's all these heavy favorites this weekend in college football, somebody's going to lose. The odds are somebody's going to lose. So do you have any general tips for picking upsets because Diesel and I are just failing miserably. We ensured that we wouldn't win again this week because we both took the same team, Memphis, over Tulane tonight in our upset pick. But what do you have, like, any, any guidelines for nailing an upset?
1: All right, so, yeah, there's a couple different things. And it's okay, like, if you guys don't have a good record at the end of the season, as long as you just hit a couple because, you know, if you're betting teams to win outright anyway that are underdogs you're getting really good prices, you know, so you don't have to go 14 and six, you know, sometimes you could go eight and 10 and still make a profit. Cause you're getting really good prices on these. I'm with you guys on Memphis tonight. What I'm always looking for is, you know, teams that are coming off, you know, maybe devastating losses, you know, like maybe like a team that has a letdown spot, right? Like maybe uh, for example, Notre Dame, look at this schedule, you guys, the last couple weeks, right? You lose to Ohio State in heartbreaking fashion. Then you get past Duke, you know, in a crazy game where Sam Hartman throws the entire team on his back. And then last week, they go to Louisville, terrible spot, three tough games in a row, and they get stomped on. Now this week, they get USC. So I look at teams that are just having, like, really, 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 really awful schedule luck. And uh, this week, there's a couple of them, okay? So I like Michigan State plus five against Rutgers. Michigan State... Since they fired Mel Tucker, they've been more competitive the last two weeks, guys. They should have beat Iowa, and they're getting uh, Jalen Berger back in the backfield, so they got two really good running backs. They can stop the run. I don't trust Rutgers' passing offense. So I like Michigan State a lot, plus five. And I love the Oregon Ducks this weekend against Washington, plus three. I like that Washington team. Love Michael Penix. Love Kalen DeBoer, but I also like Dan Lanning, Bo Nix, and I think Oregon has the better defense and they're better in the trenches. So that's what I'm looking for. You know, like, who's the market maybe overvaluing a little bit? We know how good Washington is, but their defense hasn't seen an offense like Bo Nix in Oregon yet.
2: Great stuff, great advice. You get analysis like this and so much more when you tune in to BetMGM Tonight and the tailgate to kickoff. Right there with Ryan Horvat. Follow him online at the same name, uh, Ryan, H-O-R-V-A-T. Ryan, thank you so much, as always, my friend.
1: No, thank you guys so much because I'm also living through you guys because I'm stuck here on the East Coast, as you can hear. I'm on my drive-in to work here in D.C., and you're always at a game. Well, Mark, you going
2: to any games this weekend? I'm on CBS tomorrow, my man. Uh, so I'm uh, hosting uh, on CBS hello, Sports man. Radio. Yeah, everyone's Why? How are you not at the Gamecock game? So uh, uh, yeah, that's where, that's where I'll be. How about you? Uh, no games, man. No games for me. I'm going to probably make it up to
1: a Terp game, Maryland. That's the best I could do. I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to be in the South next year. i got to go to a couple SEC games. Usually me and my buddies, we go to a game every single year. This is going to be the first year in a decade I can't make it. New uh, new work rule. No days off during football season. <laughs>
2: there, there, there you go, my friend. Enjoy it. Ryan Horvath, uh, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Coming up next on the show, Brent Beard sets the table for you for college football week seven. That is next, and he makes a pick on Florida, South Carolina. That's next here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: This is a fun one, Mark. Today's best thing we heard today comes from a local stand-up comedian who's making the rounds across social media. He picks a small town in the upstate, and he rips on all the things that the yokels from that town think are so damn special. Like he rips on the bridge in downtown Greenville. He rips on everything, okay uh, but he's got a new uh, he's got a new segment out and it's to try to help the despondent South Carolina and Clemson football fans. A new product you might want to put in your medicine cabinet if you're a little down about your team here is Barry Guthrie Jr. on football in the state of South Carolina.
1: is you one of the millions of South Carolinians suffering from college football-related depression? Has you or a loved one said disparaging thoughts like maybe the real Carolina is in Chapel Hill? Duke has always been a football school. We know that. I ain't got nothing going on this Saturday. I'm really looking forward to the NFL. (laughs) Not caring about college football-itis is a depressive illness typically traced to Yankees, Canadians, and people in the Pac-12 football market. But there is a cure. From the creators of, we'll get them next year, comes, we'll get them next week. Heck, it's too early in the season to throw out the bath with the baby water. Side effects include, false sense of hope. Bleeding on your tongue from biting it so hard. Saying stuff you don't believe, like, it's just a game. Watching bowl games that take place before Christmas. Christmas. Thinking rationally, not emotional. While watching sports, losing recruits. Watching players go in the transfer portal. Not being able to jump on the Colorado bandwagon just yet. Please console your alma mater before using. It's like Meemaw said, if you're gonna be tough, you gotta be dumb, and we'll get them next week. Helps me to be both for my team. Hell, anything's better than soccer, right?
3: <laughs> i love this guy
2: i love this oh, guy we have man. to try to get
3: this guy on the show
2: oh we do Dude, we have to get this guy i've on actually the show. done that bit before i've done that bit before like you know you're suffering from texans fatigue houston texans fatigue here are the symptoms i but that was really well done and he had the music yeah. the only thing he was missing is the doctor's disclaimer don't take if you have this, 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 if you experience this, this, right? That's the only thing that was missing. Yeah. Other than that, it sounded like uh, a commercial for Nuvexid or whatever the yeah. next, whatever the new medication is, right?
3: His name is Barry uh, McGuthrie, McGunthry. This is a hard name. Barry McGunthry Jr. If you want to look him up, stand up comedian. I'm sure he's touring the upstate. If you're listening to the show, Barry, we love you, man. This is, this is your, your, your audio is fantastic. We want to have you on the show.
2: Yeah, we got to have him on. That was uh, really good, wow. oh, man. We should have played that earlier, Diesel. That was that was really really good.
3: I mean, I put it on the rundown and yeah. told you how good the audio was. You it's did. not my fault you didn't call for it.
2: <laughs> That's also true. Also true. Um, what what physical symptoms do you guys feel when your team sucks? Okay, like like do you actually feel any different? Like Brandon Keeler's here today. He's got a smile on his face. Okay, he's got a smile on his face and his team crapped the bed. You know, he seems no different. He seems no worse for the wear. I think that's a legitimate sign, Diesel, that you have sports in a proper perspective. Like if you can continue to go about your day to day business. But what what do you you can be an irritable chap, Diesel, from time to time. Do you get more irritable when Appalachian State loses? Oh, yeah. I've been
3: a have been a wreck for the past couple of days. I've been a wreck since Tuesday night. sucks, man. I don't like my team losing. I I would much rather much rather be an emotional headcase, than than you know. Oh, it's okay, man. We lost. All good. Uh, to me, that means you're not invested enough.
2: Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I'll tell you guys. The combination of uh, of crap state, sorry, uh, and uh, and a puppy that's getting him up at four a.m. every single day. Every single has day has been a combination to bear with uh, with Diesel this week. He had a loss in a football game. And then he has a loss every single time he goes to bed. That's got to be brutal. What, what physical symptoms do you guys feel when your team loses? Any? Do you have heart palpitations? Do you just feel, like, irritable, like biting somebody's head off? Like, for me, I get the same damn thing that I do when I'm hangry, and that is get the bleep out of my way. All right? Now, imagine what I'm going to be like Monday if Florida loses to South Carolina and I've got to have a damn Gamecock hat on up in here, up in here. Get me out of here. Hey, guys, I'll be on CBS Sports Radio tomorrow, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Hope to have you there. Thank you guys so much for making this show what it is, the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offside. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate.